Anyone checked in with Adam? How's he feeling? Yeah, I'm, I was hanging out with him like all day yesterday. He's feeling better? All the moments that I was allowed to add a Seder. He's feeling better. Baruch Hashem. He's getting okay. there. He's getting there. Okay. yesterday a little bit. Okay, good. Very good. All right, we're on Mem Gimel, second paragraph. So we already explained the idea of what happens when a person does not do a positive commandment and how much, um, what exactly happens uh, spiritually. So from here now we have to understand uh, the concept of a negative commandment. What happens when a person transgresses a negative commandment? Uh, how does that impact the world? <coughs> Essentially. So he says like this. Okay, whenever he says lamaila, that's talking about what? Lamaila. Whenever in Hasidus you see the word lamaila, it's talking about one thing. Atzilus. Correct. Right. Now, remember, Bichlal, in the world of Kabbalah, right, there's a tr- the most uh, discussed uh, subject, we could say, is really Atzilus. That's what Kabbalah is talking about, because the whole work is what's happening in Atzilus. The building of the Kalim of Atzilus, the building of the Or of Atzilus, the, the, the holes that, that happen to the Kalim of Atzilus, exactly, back and forth, because Atzilus is the place where the or and the kalim are completely equal. Right. Above Atzilus, the or is winning. Below Atzilus, the kalim are winning. Atzilus is the main intersection in the whole Seder Ishtalashalus that we're constantly focusing on. Between, between the infinity of Hashem and Between the Oilamos Einsof, right? And then the worlds of Yesh, right? Bria begins the concept of Yesh. Wow. Right? So now he says that when a person is over on Eloisase, when a person is over on Eloisase, right, he makes a pagam and a chisaron in the kalim. So we have to understand why does he have to use both words, pagam and chisaron? Right? Why isn't one enough? So we have to see if he's going to explain this. Shenimshacha or pnimi lemakom she'ino roi. Okay, so now we understand the problem. What's the problem? What's the problem? The Orpanimi goes to a place that it's not supposed to go. So we had already two problems that we discussed in the last two pages dealing with where the Klippa could get its energy from. Mm-hmm. Possibility number one is Makif HaElyon. Makif HaElyon, which is really the Makif HaChitzoni. Right. The Makif HaChitzoni. Possibility number two where the Klippa gets its energy from? Malchus of Atzilus. Why? How is it able to get from Malchus of Atzilus if there's no hole in it? Because its simsumims are so strong, right, in terms of the ore, that it makes room for the klipa to be able to nurture from there, which causes major problems to the entire Seder Ishtalashalus. That is all dealing with the amount of ore, where the ore is coming from. Here we're talking about a completely different idea. What, what's the different idea here? Here we're talking about a situation... Here we're talking about a situation that, okay, so what we're talking about now is is something quite different. Here we're talking about a regular stream of ore. Everything is normal in terms of the Seder Ishtalashos. Things are going the way that we want them to be going, right? So what does it mean that things are going the way we want them to be going? The ore panimi is coming into the system. The ore panimi is acting as a magnet for the ore makif. Why is it acting as a, as a magnet for the ore makif? How is that possible? Because truly the, the panemi of Makif uh, is the source of the panemi. Excellent. Because the, the, the panemius of the Makif, 
right, is actually the root of the orpanimi, which causes there to be an entire magnet effect, which causes not just the Pnimius of Makiv to come in, but also the Chitsonius of Makiv to come into the system, which then winds up flowing through the entire system and winds up causing it to be an abundance of ore in Malchus, going from Zot to Malchus, and that is the normal situation. Here, all of a sudden, we're saying, wait a minute, when a person is over on a mitzvah's loisase, he is now taking a peg and poking a hole in the middle of this whole machinery. So we're not talking about the ore here. Before, mainly what we were talking about is the ore, right? The ore was the issue, right? That was the whole nakuda. <clears throat> Either the klipa is getting from makif, right? Because it's, right, the makif is not in a gilui place. Remember, it's in a state of helam, and in by helam, it's kachashicha ka'ira, right? That was our story over there. So therefore, the klipa is able to get from there. Or that the ore is too little, so therefore, remember, that's our, our example of low tide, right? That a person can walk out and see everything that's going on in the ocean over there, right? Here, we're saying, no, the system is running perfect. But now, what did we do? We, we punched a hole in the wall of one of the, uh, one of the kalim. Now we have a problem. That's what he's saying here. Right? That the or pnimi now is going to wind up going to a place that is not roi for it. Right? That the Mayim, right? This is all in the Hatarsa Darim and the Alter Rebbe talks about this. The Hamayim, Neziva Bechlal is the idea of, of being uh, what? Excommunicated, right? This is the idea. Right? The Hamayim Hayotim Ebeis Hashem Holchen Lebeis HaKenesis Malkom Hatinufus. Beis HaKisa, excuse me. Now, what's the idea here? The idea here is the, the concept of that the water is flowing out from the Beis Hashem and going to where? Going to the Beis HaKise. Makam Tinufa is the place of the dirtiness. So here we have the proper, everything is in the proper way, right? So that's not our issue. But our issue now is that all of a sudden someone put a hole in the system and the water, right, that is supposed to be going through the system is now getting completely contaminated because it's stretching out and it's going into places where it should not be. That's the idea here. I thought we said that the Orpanimi can't, or is that just... Uh, the Orpanimi cannot? Yeah, go ahead. That, that it, we said that it can't uh, go to somewhere bad. That the Orpanimi in and of itself... Excellent question. Excellent question. That is based on what, though? How could it not go to somewhere bad? Because it's going to turn mitzvahs. What? Because it's going to turn mitzvahs. Why? It's not going to Torah Mitzvahs, right? It doesn't go to Torah Mitzvahs. Torah Mitzvahs cause something to happen. Where does it go to? You're right. On the, you're on the right direction. No, it goes to... This world? The concept of the Kalim. It goes into the Kalim. Okay. Right? The ore goes into the Kalim. So as long as the ore is going into the Kalim, so then everything is the way it's supposed to be. Right? Everything is the way it's supposed to be. The problem is that now if you stick a hole in the Kalim, which is where it's supposed to be, so now we have a problem. Because now the Kaylee, instead of being a, a thing that is holding, now has a major, major flaw in it. So now that all that ore that's supposed to be going through the normal system is flowing out. That's what he's trying to bring out here. A real tragedy. Seeing a hole in, the, in something 
since it's like yeah, that's what he said. That's what happens. When a person does an Avera, what does it cause? It causes a Pagam and a Chisaron in the Kali in Atzilus. That's what's going That's what's going on. So once you have that hole, I mean, think about it just in terms of like, practically speaking, you have a coffee cup right there. The coffee cup is made to hold the coffee, right? And as long as the coffee cup, the cup is is holding steady where, where everyone's fine. But if someone comes along and then puts a, takes a, you know, he's like bored with his time and so he takes like a little uh, little knife and he starts playing with the side and he's like, oh, all of a sudden he makes a puncture into the side of the, inside of the cup, what's going to happen? There's going to be coffee flying everywhere. And then I won't right? have my coffee. And then you won't have your coffee. But, right? We really have a problem. And we really have a problem. <laughs> so he says like this, this is what it talks about, right? When we talk about in, in the Arizal, it talks about that makes a hole in the Shem Havaya. What does that mean? That he makes a hole in the Kalim. That through this, the ore goes right outside. That's our problem, right? This is the issue with, right, the of being over on a low side. Let's look at uh, footnote 136 for a second. It says like this, Right? We're talking about two completely different things here. Right? Up until now, we've been discussing what happens when a person doesn't do a mitzvah's ase. And we explained extensively the technical, Kabbalistic details of the or. And what happens when a person doesn't fulfill? Like, in other words, a person doesn't say Kriyashma on time, or a person doesn't put on tefillin, or a person doesn't do one of those things. That's what we've been discussing up until now. Here, we're not talking about that. Here, we're saying that, let's say, God forbid, a person eats milk and meat together. Right? A person eats milk and meat together. The hapagam, the mitzvah, I said, poigim bahakelim, so what he's saying essentially is like this. When a person doesn't do a mitzvah's assay, so the light disappears, right? It either doesn't go down or it disappears from, it goes, it's mystolic above. It goes up. It goes back to the place. <laughs> Excuse me where you can't get it. Here we're talking about punching a hole in the system and it just winds up flowing out right there where it is. Let's go further in the, in the inside. So he says like this, that through this, the ore goes outside. Yeah? So he says, like in the physical world, like we were talking about before with regards to the coffee cup, right? When a person makes a hole in a kli, now it says mashke. What makes you think I don't have mashke in here? Mashke literally means liquid. It doesn't mean mashke the way we know it. Right? Right? That that's the idea. That all of a sudden you're going to have the mashka coming out through this hole. Now, what happens to the actual coffee itself? The coffee itself, nothing's happening to. The coffee itself is just flowing out. 
right? Unlike what we said before with regards to the lack of a mitzvah's assay, the coffee goes up, goes, something changes, something happens to the coffee. Here, nothing's happening to the coffee. The coffee is just going to a place that is really not meant to be. In other words, it's not meant to be on the table, right? It's meant to be in the cup. But mitzad, the coffee itself, nothing happened to the coffee. The coffee is the same coffee, yeah? What? Oh, maybe. Because nothing is going away from the coffee itself. Nothing is lacking in the coffee. It's just that in this loss, it's now flowing outside. What does it mean, machmasa? It's not. It's not due to the, like the what the, the matter that's in the cup itself. Correct. Correct. Machmasa. It's not due to the liquid. It's not due to the ore in our nimshal. Instead, kiim mitzad pegimas hakli. It has completely to do with the kli. Yeah. So you you good? Are we clear on this? Let's look at the geshmaka. Parentheses. Should we, should we do the Geshmak in parentheses or should yes. we skip it? Let's, do it? Let's just look. Just, before we do the parentheses, just skip to the end of the parentheses for a second and just finish that line. I have one, two, three, four, five, six lines from the bottom of the page. It says, Aval ben ka harehamashki ibud. Because of this, right, I'm just skipping the parentheses for a second so we can see the end of the. However, because of this, then there is an ibud in the mashke. In other words, Inherently, the mashke nothing happened to it, but but ibud a loss, right? Like shavas aveda, right? There is, however, based on this whole scenario, but pail mamish, there's an ibud in the or, or there's an ibud in the mashke in our situation, right? But mitzad, mitzad, the actual light itself or the mashke itself, really nothing is nothing bad happened to the mashke. The mashke is the same mashke, right? It's just that now the mashka is all over the table instead of in a place where it's supposed to be. Let's look in the parentheses. So what is the, the Rebbe trying to bring out with this idea? This idea that there's not something missing in the body of the mashka itself. He says, That's the main point that he's trying to bring out. Okay, Josh, what did he say? It's saying that the light is, it's not that it's uh, disappearing from the system and, and going higher up than the system where it came from. Which, hold on, interestingly enough, like it explains, if God forbid, like it talks about this in Hasidus, right? Um, <clears throat> in, in, in the Maimar HaUmnam, it discusses this, this idea extensively. If God forbid a person breaks a bone, so then he's not able to use that bone anymore, right? And what we say is that there is a kayach of movement, right, that a person has inside of himself, right? That kayach of movement, and it, it, over there it discusses whether we're talking about the etzim kayach of movement or a, a ray from the kayach of movement, right? We're talking about two different things. It says that basically over there it's trying to bring out that the etzim kayach of movement didn't, didn't go away, but the ray from the kayach of movement, right, went away temporarily, right? So it goes up. It goes back into its source. 
once a person heals the, the blemish or whatever, the broken arm or whatever, God forbid, that he has or broken foot or whatever it is, right? So then what happens? It winds up becoming a magnet again to draw down the gilui of, the kayach of movement, right? Back into his arm. And then he can walk. And he can, he, can, he can move. He can write. Or he can do whatever he wants, right? So generally speaking, a lot of times what we're talking about, what he's saying in the parentheses is a big chiddish. A lot of times what we're saying is that when the kli is no longer a kli, it doesn't cause, generally speaking, the energy to just disappear, like to, to be spilled out on the ground. What happens very often is that the energy goes back up into its source. And then once you're able to pull it down again, draw it down again, it comes back to normal. What causes you to be able to pull it down again? When the kli becomes back to a normal kli. So exactly. So so let's just talk about the, the muscle for a second. So go back to the muscle of what we said. Let's, let's say, God forbid, a person breaks their arm, right? It's not that he has lost his arm. It's not like they have to amputate, God forbid, his arm because it's no longer working. No, it's just temporarily out of service. We'll put it like that. Once it becomes back in service, it's going to act like a magnet again for the kayak of movement to come back into the arm. But in the meantime, what has happened? The kayak of movement that was in the arm before, like it causes the person's arm to move around, right? Went up into, back into the source from where it came, into the etzim of kayak of movement. That's what wound up happening. He's saying that's not what we're talking about here. It's the opposite of what we're talking about here. Here we're talking about something different. That's the Chiddush he's saying here. The Chiddush he's saying here is that generally speaking, you would imagine that it should just cause the ore to, if the keli is no longer a keli, so it should cause the ore to, to no longer be able to be sucked into the magnet of the keli. He's saying, no, that's not what's happening here. It's not that it's not it's losing its magnetic power. It's actually becoming a hole, and therefore the ore that's in it is trapped, so to speak. Just like the muscle of the coffee. The coffee doesn't disappear once the cup becomes an ice cup. What happens is the coffee spills out, because the coffee, in a sense, is trapped within the cup. Once it's trapped within the cup, now the, the, the water winds up spilling out onto the table. Masha Enkin, the example that we said before, <clears throat> with, the, with regards to the broken arm, God forbid, right, is talking about a situation where the, the arm was a magnet for the Kayacha movement, and now it became ice a magnet for the Kayacha movement. The, the, the Kayacha movement didn't spill onto the ground. It went back up into its source. And once the arm becomes a magnet again, it, it's going to pull it back down. And that's what happens. So that's the distinction he's making here. With the arm. And wait, wait. And in, 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 in essence, really, what we're saying, like we said in the, in, the, uh, in, the, in the footnote, number 30, whatever, 36 over here, in essence, what he's saying is that when, when doing, not doing a mitzvah's assay, essentially, you're also making a pagam in the, in the keli. But the pagam in the keli is a different type of pagam in the keli. It's losing its magnetic power, which causes the ore to do what? Nistalic. Nistalic, above. Right? That's a different event that's happening. And that then, remember, that then causes what to happen by when you get to Zohan Malchus? Klippa can... Klippa can now... Why? 
Because there's not or there. Right, because there's not enough or there. That becomes low tide, like our example from yesterday, and right? Now, and now the chitzonim can latch themselves on. The chitzonim can latch themselves on because there's not a full power of energy that's flowing through the system. So now the now the chitzonim can latch themselves on. But it's not that the that the that the ore went flowing into the street. The ore did not go flowing into the street. The ore was nostalgic about because what happened? The magnetic pull of the keli became damaged. Yeah, for sure, 100%. So, yeah. the, so the chitzonim can uh, basically latch on to like, lower levels of Kedusha, but if it's too much Kedusha, they can't. Right, if, it, if, it's, if it's only a drip, like think about it in terms of ourselves even. Like, right? In other words, we don't want to use ourselves as the for the muscle, for the klipa, but if something is flowing in a tremendous way, like let's imagine uh, you have a pipe from the city, right, and you want to fill up your cup with water. You're not going to be able to do it. But if you go to the bathroom over here, outside in the sink, and you have like the little faucet when, when you just put like the water fountain, so it's like dribbling out, so you just put your cup in. It's not a problem. So Rabbi, uh, so often, when, let's say the Chitzonim have, um, when, once the Chitzonim have been, have uh, reached onto the, on, onto the um, oil is coming out of the Kedi, um, so the, even <coughs> after the Kedi is repaired, what, what happens then? You have to understand how to do it. That's that's from the Maimar Vidui Tshuva from Derech Mitzvasecha. Explains exactly how you have to bring a makif to light and how the makif to light winds up burning, it winds up blinding the chitonim and it winds up filling up the thing. There's, there, there's ways to do it, right? That's in you know us doing tshuva. But what does our tshuva do? Uh, he does talk about that. He talks about that in the first paragraph. The, the first paragraph of that is talking about that's the low sus, right? Right. Okay. Let's let's go further into. Uh oh. Yeah. Um, in terms of this arm analogy, what what is the what is the idea of the ore going to chitzonim? Not that it's not that when it breaks. It's not talking. It's not talking. It's not talking about the, going to chitzonim at all. I was just using that as an example for what could happen instead of the, there's basically what we're talking about here is there's two blemishes to the kli. Blemish number one is from mitzvah's ase, which is a a lessening of the magnetic pull. Let's put it that way. I mean, I, I'm making this up. I mean, I didn't read this somewhere. It said lessening of magnetic pull. But I think that that's a good way of describing it, right? And that's what I, that's what I gave for the muscle of, the, God forbid, the broken arm. In other words, the arm is not, is not gone. The arm has just lost its magnetic pull to draw down the gili of the power of movement. How does right? it apply to the mitzvah's loisase? It doesn't. Oh, I'm saying that it. that doesn't. That is the mitzvah's ase. Mitzvah's loisase is the opposite of that. What could potentially happen to the keli is that you make a puncture wound in the keli, right? In which case now the blood is flying everywhere, the coffee is flying everywhere, or the vodka is flying everywhere, whatever you want to say, right? It's not that it's disappearing above. It's not a magnetic it's issue. Like oh, that's it. Okay, let's go further. Right, exactly. Right. So the ore in the arm, when it when it, when it goes up and away, it 
it's not causing there to be a loss, so to speak, of the or in terms of that now you can't get it back. That would be the case if, God forbid, a person like, uh, I don't know, something, some sort of terrible infection happened to him. Some sort of terrible infection happened to him. So then it, it ruins the keli forever. If it ruins the keli forever, so then it can, it, you know, then they have to chop off, God forbid, a person's arm or leg, whatever it is. That's an amputation. Why? Because now it's become a, uh, you know, it has a, a disease in it that is going to be dangerous for the rest of the body because the disease could move into the rest of the body. But they've made a decision that they say, like, look, this 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 Kaylee is no longer is no longer viable. Right? That's basically the idea. That's the that's the example that he brings over there in the mimer. Okay, let's go further. So let's continue in this in this parenthesis. Uh, okay. The imhios all right, so we have a question now. Imhios is a question. So what's the question? So why is that a problem? Why is that a question? Okay, so a tremendous amount of energy is going to the klipas. What's mischazkim ma'oid? Right, the chitzonim, the klipa is becoming much, much stronger through this. Omnum, however, Oh, so that's 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 the chiddush. So what is he saying? So, so at the end of the day, nothing happens as an or. The or itself is is still pristine. Right. So in other words, not like uh, like Alex was saying before that you know the coffee gets all these uh, viruses and uh, whatever from the table. The ore remains pristine, so it's almost like uh, what's an example of this? Like you ever see like God forbid um, uh, if you ha- we used to have like thermometers in the olden days, and the thermometer inside the thermometer was mercury. I don't know if anyone ever saw that before, right? And so when you break the thermometer, which it's not a recommended thing, but God forbid, like it drops or something like that, what happens is that the balls of mercury all go out, they fall out, whatever, and they all stick together. They, they remain pristine in their, in their, that's because mercury, that's what it does, right? So nothing happens to the mercury. The mercury is like, you have all these little silver balls or whatever, you know. Mercury is silver balls? Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know the chemical makeup. We, we don't have. Where's our teva? But but um, but, uh, but but that's what it, that's what it looks like. I mean, I mean, I'm not recommending that anyone should do this as a science experiment. I don't even know if you can find them anymore. I don't even know. If, like you know, now no one uses these things. But you know, it happens from time to time that a person breaks a thermometer. You know, so what happens to the what happens to the, the mercury? It all remains. These it rolls into you know all these little silver balls all over the place. But Payal Mamish, it doesn't pick up, it doesn't change. When you, like, you're right, because in a certain sense, when the coffee spills, so let's say there's dirt on the table, so now the dirt gets mixed into the coffee and, and, and all the, you know, I don't know, whatever other stuff you have on your table gets mixed into the coffee. It's not the pristine coffee that was once sitting beautifully in the cup, right? Here, what we're saying is a big chiddish, he's saying here, is that right now, for this period of time, because of this hole in the Kaylee, what's happening? What's happening is that what's happening, Charlie? What's happening? Yeah, new. No. What's happening? Of 
when the pristine ore is going, flowing out of the hole in the keli, what's happening? The klipas are getting a huge amount of energy. Right. That's what's happening. So there is a mixing of some so, sort. No, no, that's what he's saying here. Take a look again. Take a look. Imhios, even though you would have thought that it's a goner. Basically, this imhios is coming to tell us it's not a goner. Right. It stays pristine and we can get it back. That's well, basically what he's going to say. Well. Right? So you may have thought to say, imhios, even though she's a garon, it's such a tremendous break and a, a tremendous loss and right this huge terrible thing that's happening that so much garbage is going to the klipos yeah and they're becoming much stronger because of this you with me yes Omnam now comes the answer so therefore you think that that's it's already done it's a goner it's a, it's a done deal However, he's saying a big chiddush here. Because the or was not nistalik, which is what we were talking about in mitzvah's ase, when a person doesn't do the mitzvah's ase, we said the or is nistalik. Because the or doesn't disappear completely, right? So now what happens? It's just filling up the klipas right now. What's We can become refined, the or mehen, and we could get it, we could suck it back into the kedusha. That's the chiddush. At the end of the day, like at, at, at the end of the day, what's going to happen is that you when could do it when all is said and done. When all is said and done, soif kol So. That's what he's saying. And that's Moshe Kosovo. Even someone that was sent away, you can't send it away completely. Right? Shaharei Gam. That someone that's pushed away is not pushed away in a, in a complete manner. Right? It's, it's still it's never going to be pushed away completely. What? To a certain extent, when the coffee flows out of the cup, it does lose something of its quality. And whether it's that's what we're saying. It's not like that. Right? But, say it becomes a mixture of the dirt or... It, uh, it loses some of its heat. So is there, right. does, does that have you know, a relation in the, in the mineral? I don't know. Right now we're saying not. We're saying that nothing happens. We're saying that it remains mercury. It remains pristine. That's what we've said so far. That was the whole chiddish. That what we said. What? You could collect that coffee on the table. I agree. Agree. That's why. That's why we're giving the different nimshal, um, mashal. We're saying mercury. That's why you use the mercury example. So now he says. Right? Oh, so he, now he says, Big Chiddush. Oh, wow, look at that. You see, did you catch what he says here? He says, a Big Chiddush here. Try to capture, try to see if you can cop the words, what he's saying. Okay, does anyone know what the Chayka Katsuv is? Shali, what is Chayka Katsuv? What's Katsuv? No, Painful, in this case. Like, like bad? No, 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 no. So like a set? It's like, he's saying like this. Klippa, does Klippa get chayas or not? From Hashem? Yes. 100%. 100%. Does it have a special, uh, uh, let's say, a special amount of chayas? Not necessarily. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. It gets a special amount that it's, 
That's chayka katsav. Chayka katsav means the specific limited amount that it's supposed to get. Well, it was measured out. Yeah, from the beginning. In other words, klipa is supposed to get three and a half ounces of godly light. That's what it's supposed to get, let's say. Right? How do I know that it has to get that? Because otherwise it wouldn't exist. Right? Everything has to have godly light. Right? Without godly light, there is no, no existence. So, Eklipa is getting three and a half ounces of godly light. Yeah? Now, after having said that, having said that, now all of a sudden there's a hole in the keli of Atsilus. And instead of getting only three and a half ounces of this godly light, it winds up getting, in addition to that, uh, another 25 ounces. We have to use milliliters, or you're okay with ounces? Yeah. Yes, that's fine, that's fine. Okay, well, we'll, we'll you'll, 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 you'll be flexible yeah. for us. Okay, so now we have, instead in the klipa, we have the 17, uh, or let's say the, uh, the 17 uh, ounces that it sucked out of Kedusha, and as the three and a half ounces that it had lechatchila, right? Because that's what that's where it was born. So what he's saying here is not only by doing the tshuva, by fixing the situation, do we are we able to get back the pristine seventeen ounces of kedusha, but we could also elevate the three and a half ounces that were initially given to the klipa in the first place. That's the Chiddush. Take a look in the words. Let's read the word right. again. It seems like there's, like, like when, the, when the, you say like there's a lacking, like when there's a hole in the, a hole in the keli, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's like a, it's going to have less light, but I thought it's, oh, it's, like, like it's unlimited. No, the, there's a limit to how much light goes through the Seder Ishtalshalus. That's the whole idea it's of the Kav. No, that's what we said before. Oh, so there is a limit to the That's right. It depends on. And that's something that we discussed. Also, there's a certain amount that comes down according to nature, and there's a certain additional amount that comes down through our Torah mitzvahs. Its source is limitless. Right. Good, good way of saying it. <laughs> so let's read it again. Shahari Gam. That also that which is drawn down to them, according to the proper amount that they usually get, it will become refined, and it will be taken from them. And all the more so, what does it mean, what was added? Meaning that, the what? The extra three and a half. No, not the extra three and a half, the extra 25. 17. The stuff that came out of the hole of his coffee cup. Oh, so, oh, so. So not only do we get, the, the, not only do we get the three and a, we get, the Chiddush is, we get the three and a half that it was, got, that it was allotted initially, and Kol Shekin, all the more so, we're going to get the 17 that we lost from Gabriel's coffee cup. Uh-huh. Right? avon siluka or garua yoiser hulu. Now we could understand a big chiddush here, he's saying. We can now understand which is worst, right? Which is worse then is the lack of a mitzvah's ase. Because we now can understand that what? That the, the ore that was, right, that was siluk lamaila is now gone. But this ore that fell out to the outside world, we could vacuum back in. So this is a very interesting explanation <clears throat> why mitzvah's ase takes on a bigger 
bigger uh, bigger place than mitzvahs loisase in this way. And this also could be the reason why a mitzvahs ase overrides a mitzvahs loisase, right, in halacha. What is tshuva going to accomplish? A good question. Yes. Yes. Then what are you doing for a That's a very, very, very good question. Because if you remember, it explains in the Gerasa tshuva that it's sort of like, you know, you, you're supposed to take your vitamins every day. But if you missed yesterday, by taking two today, it's not necessarily going to, or actually, the vitamin is not a good example. Antibiotics is a better example. Antibiotics, you have to have a certain level of antibiotics that's supposed to remain in your blood every single day for whatever the course is, five days, seven days, ten days, whatever it is. By a person, chas missing out on the antibiotics from yesterday, right, taking two rounds of it today is not going to help because the objective is not being met. The objective is that there should be a certain level of antibiotics in the blood every single day. So the bottom line is that you missed yesterday. So adding two today is not going to make up for the miss from yesterday. And this is this is the big issue with regards to not doing a mitzvah sase, not doing Isman Kriyashma, not doing all these things. What? It's, it's interesting because tshuva for uh, missing a mitzvah ase is much easier. Well, not Labdavka. That's not what it says necessarily in that's not what it says necessarily in Gersa Tshuva. That's not necessarily so like sometimes if you if you do um, what we say in a general sense, if you do if you miss out on a, a mitzvah ase and you do tshuva, we say Hashem forgives you immediately. That's that's the whole question. That, that that you 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 presumably have learned a gerasa tshuva, and this is the whole question of the Alter Rebbe in the first chapter, and that's what he's saying there. But that doesn't what what's going on here? I thought that a mitzvah's ase overrides a mitzvah's loisase, but it seems like this that a mitzvah's loisase is more powerful than a mitzvah's ase. That's exactly his question. Yeah. So what about in uh, chapter twenty-seven of Tanya? Yeah. What about it? How could it be? Because if because you're doing, but it says at the end of chapter twenty-seven is that it says that my nation should be kedoshim, they should be holy. So therefore, by by not going after uh, your taivas, you're actually fulfilling the mitzvah of kedoshim to you. That's the Alter Rebbe's point. The Alter Rebbe says in the Shulchan Aruch that that, 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 that that is an actual mitzvah's assay of the Torah, that when a person does his skafia, he's fulfilling a mitzvah's assay because it's a mitzvah's assay of you shall be holy.